Citizens of the Earth, you will be destroyed. I see the dragons! Welcome to Kaiju Carnival, where we explore the worlds of horror, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm Justin. And I'm Jenny. And today, we are reviewing the 1985 film, Reanimator. But first, a word from our sponsors. Reanimator, 1985. This is a film that I've seen before. Um, it's one of those I, I like to revisit every now and again because mm-hmm. it's so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's based off an H.P. Lovecraft story, uh, Herbert West Reanimator. I don't know if I've ever read that story. If I did, it was a really long time ago. Yeah. But this is directed by Stuart Gordon. So this movie starts out with a great eyeball-popping scene. <laughs> was it eyeball-popping or was it more of a breathing I mean, his eyeballs explode. Oh, yeah, so. I guess so. I thought that was a little bit more dramatic because, like, the uh, the people in the room were, you know, how the people, that they, the wave of horror, like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> so once we go from Switzerland, we go to the Miskatonic University in Arkham, Massachusetts, which has ties to H.P. Lovecraft's, uh, you know, lore. Why in the world... Would they keep a security guard outside of a morgue? Is it just to keep all the creeps away from all the dead bodies? There must have been, a, I mean, there must have been people stealing bodies, perhaps. I, my question was, why was there a big ass desk right in the middle of the hallway outside of the morgue? He was super out of place. Yeah. And it was, his desk was like one of the biggest ones that you could find. And he was just like blocking the, the hallway. Um, but the fact that, being a security guard, it, he wasn't securing anything because as soon as somebody was in there, he's like, okay, well, time for a break. <laughs> so I got a horror movie rule. If anyone ever shows up to be your roommate and they're that excited about a basement, reject their application. <laughs> you do not want a roommate that that's excited about a basement. Well, the girlfriend picked up on all the diff- the creepy signs. I love how... They, they, there was that moment, the intimate moment where Megan and Daniel were having, um, they were saying goodbye and then he pretends like he's a ghost, like a Frankenstein. Yeah, that like was a really ghost. cool. Yeah. And then it shoots right into, um, West showing up at their door and it kind of just abruptly changes that mood. And then you get this whole like, oh, this creepy vibe, like. Don't let this guy live in your house. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, is like he comes across as like a super intelligent person, right? I've met really intelligent people before mm-hmm. and they do like some of them that I've met do are kind of like socially awkward to yeah. like the extent to where they're almost rude, you know, and yeah. I don't even know if they know that they're being rude. Uh, and that is very much Herbert West. Like he is so abrasive towards everybody because he knows that he's the smartest person in the room and even his face yeah is like tense <laughs> he just <laughs> he just really hates what he considers like stupid people uh-huh. you know like when they're uh in that lecture and the uh dr hill is showing them how to remove a brain mm-hmm. and west just keeps breaking his pencils yeah. <laughs> that was really creative yeah. i could see that's like the ultimate nerd frustration when I disagree with something and I will break my number two pencil. I love 
the green serum in the reanimator films. It glows. It looks so cool in, in you know, darkness or in light, actually. Uh, I wonder what's made out of. It's probably just like the same stuff that's in like glow sticks. Oh, th- yes. The whole time I was thinking there's got to be some light in there shining on it. But it makes sense now. It was probably really toxic. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely not drink it. <laughs> I have another horror movie rule. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. If you're going to reanimate a corpse, maybe don't choose like the giant muscular guy. <laughs> This guy blasts that steel door off the hinges and crushes the Dean. Well, he didn't have a choice because everyone else is like ground up meat. But <laughs> so. but they, they already know that like it has like super negative effects, right? On the cat, on the professor at the beginning of the movie. It never turns out well. So like, hey, let's that giant guy, let's <laughs> inject him with this stuff. I mean, it's kind of like a Frankenstein, isn't it? The idea of Frankenstein you know, it's more it's more interesting when it's a monster, monster sized human being. Yeah. Can you imagine though if it was like a little weenie person with like tiny tiny muscles, and then they got they gain this like super strength from the serum? I don't know if the serum. I guess it gave people super strength because like the you know zombies at the end of the film were pretty strong. So. Yeah. I think it would have been more funny. You know, you would turn it into a comedy if it was somebody that was, like, really weak <laughs> with noodle arms. It's got to be really weird, though, to walk in on your boyfriend reanimating your father. That's awkward. I can't imagine what she was thinking about. I think that the best kill in the movie is when Herbert West kills Dr. Hill with a shovel. Oh, man. Um, that one scene when the body is on the ground and you're seeing it from the feet the feet view mm-hmm. um and then the head just rolls away i was like oh my gosh that is brilliant the way they did that i like to after he cut off the head and he's trying to put it in that pan and it keeps like falling over so he grabs that thing on the table i think it's a meat thermometer it kind of looks like a meat thermometer and he puts it in the pan and it, like spikes the head onto it so it stands up it's just like a small detail of like oh this damn head keeps falling over. I just I really love those small details in movies because it just makes everything else feel like so much more real if stuff doesn't go right. And then for the rest of the movie, Doctor Hill's carrying his head around in a pan, or just you know out in the open. I also like that he has to feed it blood every once in a while. To me, that was that leads me into thinking like, okay, great, this is a. Uh... The fresh blood, okay, I get it. But then I'm thinking, like, wait a minute, how is he able to to speak when he has no air coming through? There's no lungs connected, you know, and I start to go down this like rabbit hole of like like there's no blood circulating. Like, what what is happening? Like that's why oh, yeah. that's why I, I was almost like, Man, don't don't do the blood thing. Cause then it like makes me think like none of this makes sense. I'd rather it be un like ridiculously unbelievable. Then, like, being like, oh, yeah, and if we just let him sit in the pool of bl- fresh blood, he'll be okay. <laughs> Let's talk about the lobotomy. One flew over the cuckoo's nest. That made me incredibly afraid of that procedure because there's something about completely losing your mind with one little poke to the brain that is really scary. And the fact that... The dad got this, and then all the other, I'll call them like zombie, naked body zombies at the end. 
how it's like it's like it's almost like it I know it's this is not how it works, but the autonomy got taken away from them. There's so there's something really creepy about that. Do they even do that procedure anymore? Lobotomies? Yeah. No, I'm pretty sure they don't. Let's get back to the worst security guard ever. He's sitting there reading a porno magazine while a guy with a fake head <laughs> tries to sneak into the morgue. And then a muffled voice says, yes, it's me. And then he's like, well, time to take a break again. <laughs> like, you're absolutely right. Like, anytime anyone ever goes into the morgue, he just goes on a break. Yeah. So anybody could be taking anything out of the morgue. Yeah. That is... That would be if there was if that was caught on camera. I mean, gosh, that has got to be one of the most embarrassing uh, things that a security guard can do. Like some paper mache head. Actually, no, it was a medical sculpture. Yeah, it was head. like one of those like medical <laughs> models. models. Yeah. <laughs> Were you expecting the ambush at the end of this film? No, I wasn't. I thought it was it was it was like the best part of the film. Yeah, in my opinion. A bunch of naked bodies. Just all jump out of there. And it kind of makes sense to you that he lobotomized them all. That's why they were following his commands, Mm -hmm. you know? I thought that the intestine attack was very cool. (laughs) Okay, so I'm no doctor, but that seems like it's the large intestine. And I didn't think it was that long. And I was like, man, this man must not have pooped for so long because it's so, like, full. It was thick. (laughs) I was like, damn, are the large intestines that thick? (laughs) Like, probably not, but. I think they are, but I don't think they're that long. Because it came out like a python. It was, like, squeezing him. Dude, it was was big. Which I was very, (laughs) as, I was was like, damn, this is a really creative way to die. Yeah, for sure. The end of the film, when he decides to bring his girlfriend back, do they not learn their lesson? <laughs> None of their experiments of bringing back the dead turned out well. Yeah. Like, why would you want to do that? I think that's kind of the point, is like, he was willing to try anyways, because he was in love with her, you know? Yeah. So it, it's it's kind of one of those questions. Like, if you could bring back someone that you love, would you attempt it or not? Or just let them go? Yeah. That's a hard one. Like, even thinking about that, what if you could do that with your animals? Well, we saw that in Pet Cemetery did not turn out well. Oh, yeah, that's true. Okay. <laughs> and, yeah, we saw that, a... <laughs> and we saw that in this film with the cat at the beginning. <laughs> Yeah, I guess, I guess this is not a new idea. <laughs> Herbert West, in my opinion, is one of the best mad scientists of all time. Obviously, the best mad scientist of all time, in my opinion, is Gene Wilder in Young, Young Frankenstein. But Herbert West, he really is that sort of like lunatic genius, mm-hmm. you know, and he's arrogant and he, you know, is definitely playing God in his shows and like how he talks to people how he just views himself and how he speaks about himself. I think there's a difference, though, between the characters of Herbert West and Professor Hill, because although they're both part, like, scientists, Herbert West was more about, like, furthering on his work, and Professor Hill was more about power and, like, stealing, you know, someone else's work and studies. 
and just being like recognized as being the one to like bring this new advanced serum to the world. So I think it's kind of interesting how it's about even though Herbert West was so stiff and like he's almost like a robot, like really all he cared about was creating something amazing. Yeah, he was like obsessed with conquering death, mm-hmm. you know. I, I mean, I'm sure he cares that he gets recognition for his work, but like I think like he didn't even like that wasn't his driving force. You know, his force, his driving factor was just to unlock the key to eternal life. Mm -hmm. To be God, essentially. Right. Bruce Abbott as Daniel also did a fantastic job. Uh, All the actors in this did did great, but he really came across as that like kind of, you know, really nice guy in the Mm -hmm. beginning of the film that was like working hard to get through med school. And, you know, he's dating the dean's daughter. He he doesn't seem like a bad guy at all. And uh, towards the end of the film, he just gets wrapped up in this whole, you know, mess with his new roommate. I think you're right about the nice guy. It was really important to have that character in there because you remember that scene where they discover the cat and there's like a triangle of dialogue between the Megan, West, and Daniel. Mm-hmm. And Daniel's really kind of losing the battle, but West is is like making excuses like why the cat? Why I, I didn't want to disturb you, you know, the cat didn't seem that important. That actually led to one of the best lines in the movie, though, is what should I have just left a note? Cat's dead details later. (laughs) The way that that cat was laying in the refrigerator, though. Okay, first of all, it does. Refrigerators don't work unless you actually close the door. Yeah, (laughs) but, you know, it's in there for the plot. I know, I know. But then but then the the cat is just kind of like his eyeballs are wide open and his tongue is sticking out. Some of my favorite cinematography in the movie was when Wes shows up at the apartment. I like the slow push in to the close up on his face because it was like just kind of like creepy and like a little menacing. Like and going back to the Dr. Hill being murdered scene. I love that upward shot where you could still see his arms like in frame, mm-hmm. like fighting back as Wes is driving the shovel down into his neck. Oh, yeah. The arms are seizing. Yeah, that was that was really cool. And really just the way that they shot and edited the disembodied head throughout the entire film Mm -hmm. was really good because, you know, movies are kind of like magic. You're trying to, you know, trick people's brains into thinking they're actually seeing something. And obviously we all know that a head can't be disembodied and still talk and, you know, be alive. But I think that the way that they filmed it and edited it, did it wasn't distracting at all to me. Like I actually felt like, oh yeah, that guy's head's chopped off. And he, the whole time it was attached, but at the same time it had uh, little bits of prosthetics that made it look like it was, you know, dangling like nerves and stuff like that. I agree that there wasn't any time where I was like, this is fake. I did like a few of the over the shoulder, but from the back of Daniel, kind of like pushing the, the stretcher. Um, the ghost scene, but one of my favorite, I know this is really weird, but one of my favorite scenes is the, with the zombie battle at the very end, they had one of the first zombies, um, he was pulling out his guts out of his mouth and I was like, oh my gosh, so (laughs) that looks so good. Yeah. (laughs) I really enjoyed the like instrumental sound design in this movie because I feel like it really synced up well with some of the scenes. 
And a great uh, example of that is when they break into the morgue to reanimate the corpse and are like injecting it in, in the back of its head. It's almost that sort of like, you know, like what's going to happen sound going on in the music. Mm-hmm. And the music swells at the right moments throughout the film to, you know, uh, for that critical point. My favorite scene in the film is when they reanimate the cat at the beginning of the film. And he comes down the stairs and it is just latched on to uh, Herbert West's back. And he's just like, (laughs) and then he rips it off his back and throws it across the room. It is just like, I don't know why, but I just love that scene. And the way that the the light is swinging back and forth, right? It's going, you know, from like light to dark, light to dark. And it really adds to like... The uh, it really adds to the scene, it makes it like a little bit more intense. It was pretty disgusting though that you kill a cat twice and then you bring it back to life one more time, where it's all kind of like mashed potatoes. So, like I said, this is one of those films I love to just go back and watch every now and again. I'm a big fan of the idea of like mad science, you know, there's just something about that like raving lunatic genius trying to play God. That's just like very appealing in a story to me. Yeah. This is the first time I watched this film. And before the last few podcasts ago, I never even heard of this film before. So this is a surprise to me. And I'm, I'm surprised this didn't even, wasn't even something that I watched when I was a kid, because this would have been even for, for today's standards. I was like, wow, this is, this is really good. And it's 1985. Yeah, it holds up for it, sure. It does. Thanks for joining us this week on Kaiju Carnival. Go to our YouTube page to check out our short films, Kaiju Carnival. And you can find us on Instagram at Kaiju underscore Carnival. And give us some recommendations for our, for our future podcasts. Email us at Kaiju Carnival Connect at gmail.com. We'll see you next week. Mata ne.